So, it's always very risky to put a Danish person on the stand here. You never really know what's going to happen. I am so delighted working in the shipping industry, so delighted that I would like us to be able to focus and concentrate at least for the next 15 minutes. And therefore, I would like us to close the door so we can concentrate and not have the noise from outside. Sorry about that. Yes, I'm Casper Reiborg. I'm equity partner. I am global head of shipping and ports in Deloitte. Um, I'm going to give you a view on future of shipping. It's a very, very huge topic, so I'm going to narrow it down a bit. I'm working with uh, Maersk um, on a day-to-day -day basis. This is the only client that I work with. Um, I am the partner responsible in Deloitte for the cyber attack that was mentioned a bit earlier. Uh, and I have a lot of views on, on how uh, cyber is going to develop in this sector, but we can take that in a break. Um, I want to make a disclaimer. I'm not going to be politically correct. I'm going to say things you might or might not uh, like, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway. So first of all, I'm going to give a bit of a market outlook. Since I'm working with, um, with Maersk, MSC, CMA, Costco, these types of organizations, it's going to be more container-based in my presentation uh, than, than bulk or, or tankers or so on. Um, so I'm going to give a bit of market outlook. I'm going to be, give a bit of an industry outlook. Then I'm going to come with an outside-in perspective and an inside-out, and then at the last, uh, a diversification, what's going to happen, who are the winners, and who's going to be the losers. So, the simple message is here that there's not enough returns in the shipping, container shipping market right now. There are too little um, return of equities, there are too much asset invested, uh, and therefore there is a huge competition going on in the market and we have seen price wars that are uh, that was stopped or calmed down in 2017 but it's going to pick up in 18 and until 20. We have fuel prices that are unstable going up and down. We have uh, the currency that's that between euros and US dollars that goes up and down and we have uh, various swinging GDP growth numbers as well. So all in all, the very stable conditions that shipping have had since Second World War, the 60 years of good return of equity is actually over. Uh, and there are no signs that they are coming back. So one thing we can conclude is that this market is going to be very flexible, very unstable over at least the next 10 years. Um, in global shipping, and then zooming from the marketing condition into shipping, we have a huge overcapacity situation, um, and, therefore, and, and, the, and that overcapacity situation is not going away. There is more ship, more vessels being produced now, uh, and there'll be more released over the next five years, which will give even more pressure on competition going forward. We had a price war that was stopped, or that came to an end, because of Hanjin, but it's going to pick up again within the next six to eight mo months and then continue for at least three to five years is, is my view. And we have, uh, we have rates that are not positive for the sector. At the same time, there is more and more trends of digitalization. There's trends of new intruders. Amazon is uh, saying that they want to 
uh, rule in, the, in, in this industry. Uh, there are new autonomous ships going to be produced, uh, and there's a lot of di digital disruption happening. Um, so the industry itself is responding uh, on these threats in, in hoping for, uh, for solving the situation with digital. If you look at the outside perspective, so coming to oversupply, fuel prices, cybersecurity, as I mentioned, uh, just two words on that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Merce did not foresee that they had to spend this amount of money on, on cybersecurity resolution. Uh, I'm sure that any player in this market would hate to be in the same situation. Uh, it's adding to the cost base and on top of the event, I have environmental demands we already heard about this morning and regulatory requirements, that is, this is really pushing the price, the cost up. It's going to mean that there are more bigger investments going to be taken and that will push a number of players out of the market. Uh, so we will see a 10-year game where more consolidation will happen. Uh, we'll probably, on the OSHA carrying, we'll probably see that we'll come down to five or even on the long term, three to four. Size really matters here. There is still going to be oversupply over the next foreseeable uh, future. There is going to be price war, as I mentioned, for the next foreseeable future. There will be a lot of asset reconstruction, so uh, uh, financial reconstruction, and there will be a huge pressure on cost down. So this is from the outside in. If you look at it from the in inside out, there are some uh, internal uh, illogicals, if you like that. This, the, the container shipping is not offering a tri price transparency right now, so you cannot get a quote on anything that you are that you are um, that you want to transport directly on the market. If you go to a, a airline industry, you'll have an instant quote. Um, there is another thing that is really driving the instability is the rolling containers. So today, if if uh, uh, if, if you have ordered 70 slots on a ship and you're not showing up, it costs you nothing. It's a very, very difficult environment to do business in, and that's driving a illogical behavior in the market. And what we're going to see very soon, and, and what we could have seen with Hanjin, was that a new intruder would come in, buying a large pool of asset, very cheap, coming with a standardized product on a trade lane, like uh, China to Europe uh, and offering fixed price uh, prepaid. And then we have suddenly a brand new game of competition going on in the market and that will go to drive uh, us into a new platform that we don't see today. There are common platforms being developed. Uh, some of the biggest uh, players, SAP, Oracle, others, are right now developing platform for shippings that we haven't seen for before. Um, and therefore, we'll see a standardized digital offering. We will see a much more clear customer interface going forward uh, through the digitalization, both the core, so inside the organization, and the, uh, and the client facing, the internet of things, the uh, blockchain. You all read about the IBM and the Merck blockchain initiative that is coming. Uh, that is really to make a uh, to make a, it smarter 
and, and leave out a lot of the middlemen in the, in the industry going forward. I am personally working together with the six biggest carriers uh, on a future of shipping initiative where we are redefining how to do shipping. Bill of lading is not necessary anymore. Uh, surprise, it was invented like 12, in the 12th, uh, 12th century. We don't need it anymore. We can do business without. And we need to reinvent the way shipping is done because right now the shipping industry is paying the big bill and therefore is going to be in, uh, out of competition if we see intruders like, like Amazon and others taking over. Uh, they are part of it. So the disruption is going to happen all over the value chain, uh, but, it's, uh, but it's going to be uh, another value chain that you will see going forward uh, that is much more integrated and the digital offering will be uh, going from the producer in China to all the way Walmart in US. There'll be one value chain and, and there'll be solutions, digital solutions and providers for that value chain. Last, uh, if you look at the left side here, there is a number of initiatives going on that we are working on. Uh, obviously, the whole, whole capability talent uh, thing is going to change in this marketplace. It's, it's less shipping, it's more technology, it's more understanding what's going to happen. We heard earlier about the, the, the cyber incident. Actually, it was not a technology project uh, problem. Uh, the biggest question that Maersk was faced with was, what is number one application we need to bring back to be in business? It's not whether we have firewalls or whether we have data in the right place or anything else. It's having the overview of what is number one thing important, what is number two thing important. Nothing to do with technology, everything to do with business. And that has a brand new set of talent. We need to be able to understand the bridge between what's happening in the backend uh, system and what's happening towards the clients. Uh, one of the quotes that the CEO said um, in one of our uh, gatherings was, this was the day we learned that we were a technology business, not an asset business. And that's going to have brand new capabilities going forward. We, have, we, are, we are working on predictive analytics and, and, uh, and uh, making sure we get data alive. What's, what's happening on the boats? How can we, how can we uh, uh, offer new services to, now I have to be, new services to clients so in the future, uh, Maersk and the other players in this market looks at the ships as being the servers uh, and servers for new services, trade finance. We heard about insurance earlier, uh, brand new services client will have. And actually, it's being discussed right now whether you have a zero ship, zero uh, price for your container and it's the services that is going to be the upside and, and the uh, revenue get generators for the future. We are working directly on smart ships and also smart ports. Um, you see some of you guys may have been in Rotterdam. You will see a port that is nearly managed without any personal interactions. We are looking into the integration with end-to-end uh, 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 -end supply chain. And obviously the whole blockchain, cybersecurity and internet of things is going to drive the market. I think everybody in the market agrees to that. If you go to the right side here, there are two places where it's worth being in the shipping industry if you look at it with container eyes. Either you are a volume business and you offer a very, very standardized, very smooth, very easy to comprehend service for your client, 
and that's in the upper right uh, corner. That's where there is a return of equity that is larger than five, or you are in the lower left corner where you build your business on close relationships. You might be in a, in a segment where you do cars or you do some other things uh, uh, and, you, and, and you are very integrated in the, in the produ producers, the OEMs uh, supply chain, and there is a premium to be there. But you cannot be both of those worlds. And there will be a lot of organization that right now sits on the upper uh, left corner or the bottom right corner. They'll be in trouble or have to rearrange their strategy going forward in order to, uh, to make a decent return of equity. As I say, we're trading ROEs right now at 2, 3, 4% on a good day. And that means it's difficult for the organizations to get capital. If you're not capital in a market where you have investments in new assets, in cyber, in technology, then you are on a very difficult path for the future. So these are the high-level words from, from my side. I think I have one minute, 30 seconds back left if anybody wants to ask anything. No, I was very clear or very unclear, depending on how you, how, how you take it. Thank you very much.